What up, nerds? I'm Adam. I'm Sean. I'm Casey. And I'm RJ. And together, we're Tales from the Short Box, a once-weekly Wednesday podcast where we talk about last week's comics today. Join us every week while we talk about all our likes, all our dislikes, and all our hot takes. On everything from Marvel to DC to everything in between. Find out what we've been reading, and maybe you'll find out what you should be reading. Find us on DuelingGenre.com or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. Come for the comics, stay for the gyro. (laughs) (laughs) Dueling Genre. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute special episode. I don't even know how to describe this one. We're going to do something today that we've never tried before, specifically something I've never, ever done before. Uh, And before we do it, I feel like I should introduce all the people that are here with us. We have some special guests today. But first, our regular cast of characters. There's Adam Sheehan. But first. But first. Elbows first. Chris (laughs) O'Connor. Hey! And he's, if you can't see, he's actually, he just elbows the camera. You can't see. And, uh, and, and brains first, Rachel Gatlin. Aw, thanks. Hi. Also, patience first, Rachel yes. Gatlin. Yes. <laughs> um, and then joining us, uh, one of our all-time favorite guests back again for, I think this is his third go-round on our show, maybe even the fourth, I'm not sure. It's uh, Mr. Ralph Atanasia. Ralph, how you doing, man? Chevy Nova. Chevy. I'm doing so great, you guys. <laughs> How's quarantine treating you? Corona. I'm not losing it. How are you? <laughs> We're fine here. Everything's fine uh, here. <laughs> um, yeah, so Ralph is, here for a, Ralph is here for a very specific reason. Ralph, do you want to you tell the story of kind of right. how we got here today? Sure thing. So, well, I can't do that without introducing our other special guest for the day, who is Go my friend, it. Sean Jaffe. Say hello, Sean. Hello, Sean. Now, Sean is <laughs> Hi, a Sean. professional GM. He's a game Old master for uh, tabletop role-playing games. He also writes role-playing games. I'll let him tell you a little bit more about himself in a moment. But we're going to be doing something special today. Sean's got a copy of the rules for the old, what is it, Palladium Games? Yeah, it's Palladium. Uh, Palladium Games, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles role-playing game. Palladium. So what we're going to do for you is we are going to make the next live-action Ninja Turtles movie in the form of a role-playing game <laughs> session. So I think the plan here is, we've discussed this, is uh, Turtles 1, Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze, and Turtles 3, and then TMNT from 2007 are the first four movies. But we're going to say that since those movies are all set about a year apart, that TMNT took place in 94. So that puts us in 1995, for Ninja Turtles 5. Now, we're all going to play the roles of the Turtles characters, um, and Sean is going to play everyone else. Do you want to... Yeah, that's correct. So, I don't know how far into this introduction we want to get. Well, I'd like to get Sean to sort of tell us, he was regaling us with a lovely story uh, before we started recording. I was wondering if, Sean, you could tell the audience about the the book we're playing from here and and sort of where this story came from. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, I, I can talk about this book all day. So everyone else that I know in the gaming industry, the tabletop role-playing games industry, uh, started out because they wanted to do Dungeons & Dragons. It started with Dungeons & Dragons, and I'm old enough that I'm like from, 
you know, the original Gen X breed of people that came out of like, you know, D&D or AD&D, which is Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, which I never felt qualified to play because I didn't have the original Dungeons and Dragons. Um, and uh, I, I wanted to do RPGs. It was like, you know, I'm not going to say what was what the cool kids were doing, but it was definitely what the cooler nerds were doing, you know, in the 80s. I'm like, oh, man, those nerds know what time it is. They, they've got tobacco and stuff. They've got uh, friends. Yeah, right? Like, so I eventually got roped into a, a tabletop game, but it wasn't Dungeons & Dragons. It was this. It was the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, and I think it was probably like, I don't know, 88, 89. So I'm a billion. Uh, and... Uh, and uh, I picked it up and I just fell in love with it. And then um, I got sent to this like weird Jewish summer camp thing um, in 88. Uh, had to be 88. And so it was like me and like five of my friends. We just took the book and some dice and we would just go to the supply shed every day all summer and spent every day like wake up to, to, to falling asleep just I would run these games and I and now I I write these games like for a living so like it's it, I my my background in gaming is is completely tied in with the Palladium Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles role playing game Sean before we go any farther why don't you just take like one or two minutes to tell us about the game that you wrote that uh, gets played on your podcast with Oh the- fantastic please Uh well speaking of the 80s uh um, it's called, uh, remember X. Um, I wrote it with my wife, uh, and, uh, we were inspired by, you know, obviously originally we were inspired by stranger things, but then like kind of took a deep dive and looked at like, you know, all of that, like suburban horror of the eighties and like suburban sci-fi ET gremlins, uh, um, Mac and Moonies. Uh, yeah. Mac and me, all of it. <laughs> uh, the entire book is, is like this, this deep love letter to the, so it's a role-playing game, but instead of you being like ninjas or wizards or elves, you're just a group of like, you know, 14 year olds in some boring town in like 1986. And then this weird conspiracy starts to like draw you in and you, you, and your friends have to, you know, figure out what's going on but you don't have all of like the weapons and spells available to like, you know, a Dungeons and Dragons. So you're just kids that are trying to figure this thing out. And what's um, it called? It's called Rememorex. Uh, the podcast is Rememorex, not a test. Um, you can find it like on uh, any of the standard like podcast channels, I think. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, we, we just, we just wrapped up season one. Uh, we're about to go into season two. Um, it's It's been a lot of fun. Uh, and the book, uh, we did a, you know, it started off as a thing that we were just doing for fun. Like we were just doing a, a game of it just, you know, after the show came out, we were like, you know what? It'd be really fun to do this as a, as a tabletop game, you know, make a bunch of kids and have them run around some suburban town and, you know, find out what weirdness is going on. And as the game got bigger and bigger and more and pe- more people got interested, people were like, you should probably try and publish it so we put it together we did a kickstarter the thing was a hit uh and so that's sort of been my job ever since it's like you know we're we're the, the next one we did was called uh uh we just finished the kickstarter for uh a game called uh commandroids a world transformed uh where it's 
it's essentially the same setting, but the weirdness you find out is that there are transforming robots from another planet fighting a war on Earth, and you are going to get involved. That uh, sounds we, familiar. K. Yeah. Kay. It, was, yeah. it was a lot of fun. I'm into it. Go on. Uh, and we also did one called RPG Nasty that just came out, and it's a 70s grindhouse, like, slasher, disgusto, barfo movie. That is a fun game. the idea is... Yeah, it, you you create characters you hate, and they're all dead by the end of the game. Nice. The last one alive gets to name the movie. Uh, <laughs> nice. Uh, well, we are honored to have you here, man. You're doing this. Uh, Ralph, you know, came to us and he's like, "Hey, my friend does this. He gets hired as a as a game master. Do you want to do it?" And we're like, "Absolutely. Uh, let's let's do it." So. If people like what they hear today, I'm going to encourage them to reach out to you also. And, oh, fantastic. And, uh, you know, help support the geekonomy, as I like to say. <laughs> That's wow. awesome. Is that original? Did you I think just that came yourself? up with that just now. You should, you, just you should now. trademark that. I, I yeah, I want to... I want to. Yeah, I we should start a Geekonomics a pod, uh, podcast. Oh, man, I want in on that. <laughs> the Geekonomicon? Oh, All right. there you go. Wow. <laughs> Well, you took it, it to another level. Yeah, that's, that was impressive. Now, is that a book that summons unholy nerd commerce, or is it the yes. convention at which nerd commerce is exposed? <laughs> yes, the second yes one. to both. Well, yeah, both. I, I'm going to say C- both. Cthulhu, right. us, us. Cthulhu so has think... like cat eye glasses. They're real, real thick. <laughs> oh, kawaii <laughs> pocket protector. Oh. Um, like braces. That's adorable. Sucks. He yeah, he's adorable. So I think we're going to try to do this in in a few episodes is kind of our plan. I should let everyone in a secret. I have never, ever played an RPG before. So in order to prepare for today, I watched the Dungeons and Dragons episode of Community. And that's all I know. Okay, Hector. He's actually really helpful. But that's a good call. I am Fat Neil today. No, I'm not Fat Neil. I'm Pierce. That's what I am. Because Fat Neil knew how to play the game. Right. My knowledge of RPGs stops at like Final Fantasy VIII. So... What's I'm that? I'm coming into this blind. <laughs> I'm um, right. I'm a so veteran for... tabletop and LARPer, so like <laughs> LARPer. Nice. I I I have gamed a little, a little. I've dabbled a little. <laughs> so I think from here we're just gonna go ahead and we're gonna turn it over to Sean and and Sean from here on out, man. This is this is your show and we are just the the pawns oh, in your game. Hey. Hi. Uh, so uh, I will I will start off. Um, so uh, the first thing I'm going to say is if anybody listening or watching, I don't know if we're, are we recording the video of this? Should I be asking this? No, nah, no one's watching this. Okay, good. <laughs> um, so if anybody's listening uh, that is familiar with the old Palladium game, you know that it is one of the crunchier rule systems. And uh, I don't think it's been updated very much since 1985 when this book came out. Since then, tabletop games have become a lot more simplified and welcoming of like newer players who maybe are not quite so interested in doing hours worth of math to determine like the outcome (laughs) of a single sword swing. Oh my God. No one said there was going to be math involved in this. Exactly. So (laughs) I'm going to try and keep that to it. So I'm going to sort of be playing a more streamlined version of it. We're going to be going kind of more narrative, but uh, yeah, I still wanted to, uh, to do the original Palladium version route. Like I do have like a homebrew system that I've put together for almost anything that's very, very quick and very, very easy. But in this case, uh, I wanted to go with the original Palladium because, you know, I owe this system literally everything. Like this is the game I started on. Um, And furthermore, uh, like I got to meet um, 
the authors, uh, Kevin Simbita and Eric Wujic at Gen Con in 1999. Uh, and we were this, like, I, I wound up through these bizarre set of circumstances uh, as the CEO of a game company in 1999. I was like 24. It was a wildly irresponsible move by literally <laughs> everyone involved. It should not have happened. But I put the game company together and I took us out to Milwaukee because that's where it was back then. And we had that there was this thing where like they wouldn't let you move your booth to the show floor. You couldn't even use like a hand truck. So you had to like lift all of your books and because any like if you had a hand truck, you had to pay the union some enormous amount of money. So you're just like lugging these books. And so we've set up this booth. We put the books down, everything like that. And at the end of the day, like we'd set up this booth and it was just the dealers in this, you know, in, in, in Gen Con, which is like the biggest gaming convention. Uh, and everybody was like, you know, going back to the bars, everybody's tired. And we were this brand new crappy little punk company of like nerds and, you know, all these like the companies that like, you know, White Wolf and, and, and Dungeons and Dragons, like these huge companies were there and, you know, didn't pay us any mind, nor should they. Uh, but my brother and I are sitting there like, you know, putting the last stuff together and these two guys come over and they're like, we're just really happy to see there's a new company here. And like, we just want to let you know if there's anything we could do to help you out. And we're like, oh, that's great. And the one guy is like, I'm Eric Wujic. This is Kevin Simbita. And just, we just <laughs> die. Like of all the people that come be so nice to us, wow. those guys are so cool. And, uh, you know, it just, it was, it was just really wonderful. Um, it's the Ninja Turtle community, man. Everyone is, everyone's pretty much awesome. Uh, Eric passed, I, I, I hate to say, I don't know. It was, it was like, I think in the late two thousands, uh, but, but I will always just remember he was just the sweetest guy at Gen Con and Kevin is like, he's kind of like the guy you would, you would imagine like Walt Disney to be like, he's like this, like kind old uncle with like a mustache, just sort of (laughs) standing around the convention, like, Oh, look at you upstarts. Like, look what we have built for you. Um, so yeah, you know, and once again, I, Great game. Uh, it's, it's really fun. Um, I am Sean Jaffe. I'm going to be the GM. So I am going to be playing the part of uh, New York in 1995. We said 95. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, the biggest thing on TV and Brad Pitt was the sexiest. Nokia <laughs> phones were bricks. It was great. <laughs> were they all watching the OJ yet? trial? Yeah. yeah right? Were Nokia's? I think it was still beepers in 95, right? Nope. They had the Zach Morris phone, oh, right? They still yeah, had my, an they still had an antenna on them, but they oh were, yeah, they were the big brick. My yeah, brother okay. had not, a Zach not that Morris big. Phone. They were they were getting close to the classic Nokia brick. Um, yeah, so I'll be playing the part of New York in 1995, and every single mutant ninja and regular person inside it. Uh, and then from there, I will turn it over to you. Uh, who wants to go first? Um, I guess Ralph. Why don't you go first? All right. Well. Uh... I'm Ralph Atanasia from TV's Cake Boss and Buddy vs. Duff, and I'm going to be playing the role of Donatello because I bash him online constantly. <laughs> so this is my penance. Poor Donnie. I am going to play purple. Chris? Hi, I'm Chris from this podcast, so you know who I am, unless you're like <laughs> listening to this for the first time, which is a weird intro. Uh, <laughs> this is not what we normally do. And I'm Raphael because, you know, I'm a jerk. <laughs> Adam so I'm Adam from uh, this room currently uh, I'm going to be playing the part of Michelangelo uh, I'm Scott from before 
And uh, I'm going to be playing the part of Leonardo because I also am a goody two shoes and love swords and the color blue. And I think this is the one I'm most excited for. Rachel. Yes, I'm Rachel, also from this podcast, and I'm playing Alopex. Yeah. Very excited about that. TMNT Minute and Reverend Motherverse are proud to present a special podcast event. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Up From Below, a role-playing game played and performed for your entertainment as the fifth entry in the TMNT cinematic series. Starring Adam Sheehan as Michelangelo, Scott Tofty as Leonardo, Chris O'Connor as Raphael, and Ralph Atanasia as Donatello, Rachel Gatlin as Alopex, and your game master, Sean Jaffe. Yeah! <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles up from below. Love I love it. That was awesome. Thank Fantastic. You. Uh, Surprisingly pumped right now. <laughs> let's do this. All right. Um, it is a uh, an early spring evening, uh, 1995. Um, there is the sound of seagulls in the distance, and a single lifeboat is drifting up uh, along the the East River, coming in from the ocean. Alapex, do me a favor and roll percentile dice. That is two ten-sided, and then you get a number between one and hundred. I got a 29. 29. All right. Uh, your eyelids flutter open and you have vague memories of a few things, but you can't remember much beyond your name or you kind of remember scampering through a forest in a place called Alaska and then getting captured. You remember strange machines and a, and a glowing green ooze. Uh, you remember some, some shady looking humans, uh, teaching you, um, how to fight. Uh, but you don't remember how you got here, um, or what you're doing on this boat. It's a small lifeboat. Uh, it's, it's got a little distress beacon buoy on it. The only thing in here, uh, besides, you know, like uh, a flare gun and like your standard sort of lifeboat stuff, uh, is a, a shattered silver canister that's at the bottom of the boat. So what are you doing? looking around trying to get my bearings and looking at the seagulls you have advanced hearing and advanced smell so that's helping you a lot right looking around like you you realize you must have been asleep for a while because you kind of have like that haziness in your eyes you can't see too well Mm -hmm. but you definitely see blue and red uh like as if there's like flashing lights uh it looks like another boat is coming towards you but the thing that is really get your attention is the smells and the sounds of they're the only way you would describe it is a hive of human beings Mm. uh and and it's like you've drifted into it there's so many noises and and people yelling and cars honking and people listening to color me bad on the radio. It's, uh, there's so much going on at once and the smells of like garbage and seagulls and waste and hot dogs and all and, like you just it's uh, and it's dawning on you. You are ravenously hungry. You haven't eaten in a very long time. Can I, uh, can I just jump in real quick? Uh, so Alapex might be a fairly obscure character for some people listening to this podcast, especially if they're only familiar with the movies. Rachel, would you give us a brief physical description of... Yeah, she is a white fox. Humanoidish. Yeah. Perfect. 
Anthropomorphic. Humanoid uh, fox lady. Well, she has that weird little mask thing. And yeah. Yeah, she, she has like a purple mask painted on. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Rachel, tell me what, what, what Alapex is wearing. Um, I'm going to go off of this picture I just found. She's wearing like a black hooded thing with a scarf, and she's got black bandages on her arms, uh, little purple gloves, and it looks like a little bandage top type thing. You do have your weapon, which is a comma. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got a little satchel. Uh, and, and of course, there's a, uh, a first aid kit here in the boat with you, but it looks like it's been opened in most of the bandages and uh, a lot of the, um, you know, like the iodine tablets, that seems like it's all been used. So uh, it looks like you've been in here for a long time, but you can hear human voices getting louder. <clears throat> you know, they're saying like, probably dehydrated, get the, get the medics ready. Uh, and you see there is a, a small patrol boat approaching you. It says NYPD along the side. And it's flashing the, the the siren. Tell me, what's your opinion on humans? I don't like humans. No. I don't There's know why a... yet, but I, I don't trust them. They don't smell right. Yeah, there seems to be a boat full of them making their way towards you. What are you doing? I'm afraid. Um, my hair is standing on end, but I know I need help. So I'm just going to kind of submit to this and get the help that I need. Okay. You see a human in a blue uniform walking towards the the front of the boat uh, and they like tosses a rope out towards you. Uh, he clearly hasn't seen you completely yet. Grab onto the rope. We're going to tow you in. Okay. Do you need medical attention? Yes. You grab the rope. Uh, he, he starts pulling you in and then, you know, they, they shine down the spotlight and you hear a bunch of people all, Oh my God, what is that? And they're all freaking out. Um, I'm very afraid, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to speak to assure them that I'm not a threat, um, but I'm also really scared of them. Uh, you're hearing various things like, what, is it an alien? No, I think they're making a movie. I think this is from a movie. Like, they're just all arguing amongst themselves. Well, do we bring it in? Nobody's going to believe us. Yeah. And I'm just saying, please help me. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Well, I'm not okay, but I won't hurt you. Uh, do me a favor, roll a 20-sided die. Actually, no, you're doing a percentile for that. Sorry. 44. So there's one um, human. She looks to be about uh, five foot four, kind of heavy set. Uh, she has her hair in cornrows and she's sort of, she looks sort of gently like she's walking towards you, like with her hands up, like she doesn't want to hurt you. Uh, but you notice just behind her, like, cause it has that, that second tier on the boat, you know, how like it kind of goes up. Yeah. There is definitely a human up there with a gun. No. He looks nervous, and that gun is pointed in your direction. What are you doing? Uh, again, just trying to reassure them that I'm not a threat. Um, but I'm sure I, they're taken aback by this very scared animal. <laughs> the lady, uh, has, they've pulled the boat alongside, so they're like towing you in towards the shore now. And uh, there is what looks like a, a lot more of these these blue and white boats um, that are, are docked along what looks like some sort of uh, um, a building uh, where they keep this sort of thing. It's it. You get the impression that the the humans use these to sort of pacify their own society. Like you've seen something like this, or maybe you read about it somewhere that the humans have these guys who wear this this bluish color, and their job is to sort of represent authority. Mm. Um, as you're getting closer, the lady with the uh, the corn roses. 
is trying to get help you onto their boat. Uh, she uh, pulls you up into the boat and then sits you down. Can you tell me your name? I don't know my name. I don't know who I am. What planet are you from? I think Earth. No, that doesn't sound right, says one of the humans. <laughs> you hear uh, one of the humans from the back, but check if it's a full moon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can clearly speak English very well, so I'm not from another planet. Uh, she but. says Superman could speak English. <laughs> I grew up here. <laughs> Somehow I know who so Superman you know is. Who Superman is. That's interesting. Okay. Um, I uh, I guess we'll take you in. And uh, do, you, do you need water? She holds up a canteen. Yes, please. She hands you the canteen, and I assume you just drink from it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, uh, I'm new to this. <laughs> no, no problem. No, I'm here to help. Uh, as the, the boat is pulling further and further in, give me one more of those uh, percentile checks. 54. 54. Um, you see that there's like more humans that are gathered around the dock where they're, they're, they're pulling this boat in and they've sort of got the boat that was lashed to the side of this one that you were in. That you, uh, uh, and, and like there's a, there's a lot of activity and most of them were wearing the blue see there's one very tall uh uh human he looks uh very he's sort of skinny but he's sort of got like a like a wiry build he's wearing a suit and a tie he looks much more important than the other humans um he's got dark skin short hair uh glasses uh a very short mustache maybe like a like a yeah like that era Billy D. Williams, uh, and he's uh, walking towards the boat. Uh, he has a bunch of people that are wearing similar blue outfits, but not quite the same. Uh, and they have these patches on the shoulder uh, that you notice that read TGRI. Hmm. They, they don't. They don't smell right. There's something about this guy that's giving you a, like a, 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 a bad feeling. Hmm. You can hear. What they're saying, even though he's much, much further away, you've got your giant fox ears. You can hear, you can try and hear what they're saying to him because they keep pointing at you. Yeah. Uh, do you want to try for that? Sure. All right. Same roll. 63. 63. I think this is the one that you're looking for, Mr. Stockman. He's right over here. <laughs> I'm doing what? You cast Billy D as Baxter Stockman? I love this. <laughs> Works every time. So you uh, you get the sense that you need to get out of here. This guy is bad news. Yeah. Yeah. The last like thing him. you heard was him like put a hand on the, the cop's shoulder and say, that's doctor to you. Uh, what are you doing? So I know this is not a medical doctor. Right. Um. So I, I'm start my flight or fight is starting to kick in, and I'm thinking about running away. All right. Uh, so there's a line of these boats that just goes straight to the uh, to the uh, to the dock, and then from there it's a short scamper up, and then you're in this giant hive of human buildings and cars, and they'd have a hard time finding you there. Yeah. You gonna try and make a break for it? Yes. 
Uh, roll a 20-sided die. 11. Okay, uh, you just skitter off. Uh, and the lady that gave you the canteen just, wait, 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 where are you going? And, like, all of them are, like, trying to, like, sort of get after you, but you are using your animal-enhanced agility to just leap from boat to boat to boat as they're all trying to, like, you know, tumble over each other to get to you. Um, and by the time uh, they've managed to get back to their feet, because now the boats are rocking, uh, you've managed to get to the dock, and you can see there's a gate that's starting to close, uh, and just beyond it, you can see there's, like, cars in a street. Uh, there's a sign that says West Side Highway. Uh, I want to run through the gate. All right, make another uh, uh, D20 check. Twelve. All right. Um, you manage to just get through the gate, like, just as it, like, closes, and you feel a, a sharp pinch as it pulls some of the fur out of the tip of your tail. Ow. You keep running and you hear all like the cars, like the cars all screech to a stop around you and like you hear the honking. And the last thing you hear from the dock is, I'm sorry, I, I don't, she moves so fast. Um, and you just hear uh, Dr. Stockton pulling out the, 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 the fur from the gate saying, don't worry, this is all I need. Oh man. Oh man. And that this is probably, this is like the scene before the opening credits. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love this movie already, man. It's our, it's lit so darkly. Oh, this is great. I love it. Turtles. Might this might this be a good place to break before our next episode? Yeah, that sounds so, good. Yeah, we're yeah. at about 45 right. minutes, right? All right. We're, we're All right. So make sure you guys so, tune in for the next episode. Sean's going to be here. We're going to see what happens to Alapex. We're going to see the introduction of hopefully some more characters. The suspense is building, the drama, the excitement. There's so many die. I love it. So make sure you come back to <laughs> Teenage too many Ninja die, Turtles yeah. Minute for another special episode uh, next time. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Cowabunga. Ugh. <laughs>